Hey guys, this is John Bray coming to you uh, in lieu of chapel in the auditorium today. I want to take about 10 minutes and talk to you about relationships. Relationships are the stuff of life. Reality TV is filled with it. Our lives are filled with it. Before you left here, you had stuff you had to work out with your roommate and maybe with some classmates, maybe a girlfriend or boyfriend. Now you're home and uh, you have your mom and dad to figure out how to reconnect with. Maybe you have a younger sibling or an older sibling, someone who's there. You're trying to figure out how to do life together in a way that, that uh, you hadn't planned on right now. I want you to know the way you do relationships matters to God. You know, the first and greatest commandment that Jesus gave when he was asked the question, what's the greatest thing? And he said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. Second is equally important, love your neighbor as yourself. The entire law and all the demands of the prophets are based on these two commandments. Now, scholars tell us that there were 613 commandments in the Old Testament that they could isolate. And Jesus said, all of them combined, you can sum them all up in two things. Love God, love the other guy. The reality is all relationships have challenges. Let me say that again, in case you missed it. All relationships have challenges. And you have to figure out how to navigate that. So I want to talk to you about that a little bit today. I don't know if you remember the movie Despicable Me. There's a guy named Gru. And there's a scene which he walks into an ice cream shop and there's a long line and he's irritated about it. And he pulls out a freeze ray gun and he fires it off and freezes everybody. And then he goes up to the front and gets his ice cream and uh, walks out singing. I'm having, you know, in the background music, I'm having a very bad day. I'm having a very bad day. It's not hard to identify when somebody is in that mood, when that guy is having a bad day, when that girl is having a bad day, when your parents are having a bad day. Maybe you can even identify when you're having a bad day. Here's the deal. You can't change the other person. The only person you can change is you. You can't control their reaction. The only reaction you can deal with is you. You know, I'm not a scientist, but I remember enough to, to have studied back in the days when scientists, scholars, theologians all thought the earth was the center of the universe and the sun and the moon and the planets all revolved around the earth. Then along came a guy named Copernicus and the Copernican revolution, uh, whatever, the, Coper the Copernican revolution. He uh, speculated that uh, the sun was the center of our solar system and we revolved around it. You know what? Life would be better if we had an emotional Copernican revolution. Pete Cesaro, the author of Emotionally Healthy Spirituality, said, I can't help but experience life with me at the center of my universe. With my eyes, I look out on the world. With my ears, I hear what's going on. I can only feel, want, and experience what I am feeling, wanting, and experiencing. I naturally want the people around me to become what I want them to be. It's like you're the center of your own universe and you assess everything by, by your desires, by your preferences, by what makes life easy for you. And all too often when things don't go right, 
When people frustrate us, we make emotional decisions based out of those frustrations. Sometimes we get irritated. Sometimes we, we get angry. Sometimes we blow up. And sometimes it feels good to blow up on somebody just to vent a little steam. And then we have to figure out what to do with the emotional shrapnel that's come from that kind of venting. Sometimes we feel justified in pouting or gossiping or griping. Then we have to live with the mess we've created. When I do what I want to do without thinking about you, it's called selfishness. And when you do what you want to do without thinking about me, it's called selfishness. And selfishness gets in the way of this thing we call us. So what do we do with this? Well, Jesus said, love God and love the other guy. So I want to challenge you, if you're in one of those stress situations or if you find yourself in one next week or next month, to change the way you think about the other guy. I have a cross that sits in my office. And I would suggest the cross is a way to help change the way you think about the other person. When we think about the cross, we realize that Jesus Christ died on the cross for us. But we sometimes forget that he also died on the cross for that person who irritates us, the person who frustrates us. He loves them just as deeply as he loves us. So I want you to not only change the way you think about the person and think about them as someone deeply loved by God, but I want you to change the way you think about your differences. There is that guy, that other guy, that mom or that dad or that sibling. Maybe they're a classmate or a roommate. Maybe they're someone who didn't do what they said they were going to do as they were checking out of the dorm. And now you got to go back and deal with it somehow. That other person is different than you and differences are fertile ground for conflict. Sometimes, um, sometimes the reality is when someone is different from you and you erupt, they erupt on you, it feels like they're throwing garbage at you. And and the garbage begins to pile up in your life. And so what you naturally do is you pick up the garbage and you throw it back. And all of a sudden there's this pile of garbage between you. It's the place where irritations take root, where complaints fester, where anger builds. It becomes a battleground to you. And the Christ follower has to make a choice. You see this space between you and the other guy is not designed to be battleground space. Think about it this way, this space between you and the other guy, this space between those two things. Why don't you think about it differently? Why don't you think about it as sacred space? The space where we work out and figure out what it means to love the other person, that imperfect person. The Apostle Paul tells us about Jesus hanging on the cross people are hurling insults at him and people are, are, are making fun of him. They're challenging him to prove himself. And this is what Peter writes in 1 Peter 2. When they hurled their insults at him, he did not retaliate. When he suffered, he made no threats. Instead, he entrusted himself to him who judges justly. There at the foot of the cross were the disciples who had run from him. There at the foot of the cross were the religious leaders who had lied about him and who had got him condemned. There at the foot of the cross were the Roman soldiers who had nailed them there. And Jesus said, Father, forgive them. Hmm. What if we took that attitude? 
what if at that foot of the cross space that we're standing in, we would come to the cross and say, Lord, would you forgive me for the, my attitude? Would you forgive me for the garbage I've thrown? And Lord, would you give me grace to treat this space between me and this antagonist, the sacred space, and love them the way you loved me? Let me pray for you. Lord Jesus, today, we recognize that life is not always easy, and in this time of stress and change, and re-entering into our family world, sometimes issues arise. May we be men and women who operate as people who are followers of Christ. May this battleground become sacred space. May we have a revolution in our lives that says, I bring my very best to Jesus and offer my very best to others. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Hey guys, thanks for listening. Come back on Friday. We'll check in with you again. Bye now.